On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we cover the 2020 NFL Draft with a little preview of who we're thinking in the first and second round with a little good old daydreaming. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. does this better than anybody. End zone, come, touchdown! Unbelievable! Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. And we back, and we back, and we back. Pack it up, pack it up. Do you guys feel like the draft snuck up on you? I know it's the only thing that people can talk about in the news, but I still am like surprised that it's this week. Yeah, it totally snuck up on me. I texted you guys, what, Sunday? And I'm like, oh, crap, we need to record something. Uh, the draft is this week. Uh, <laughs> so I had, I did not really realize it was coming up. I don't even remember what day of the week it was. We're, we're recording this on a Tuesday. I was pretty sure it was a Friday for half the day. So the fact that <laughs> the fact that a draft is coming up, uh, that's fantastic. Give me get me out of this monotony of the quarantine life. So let's kick it off with a wild, wild dream. Let's say hypothetically the Packers could move up to anywhere in the first round outside the top five. Who do they ultimately try to go after? Who would you love to say, oh, my God, this is the greatest move up in Packers history to take? Ooh. Ben, um, I, I want to hear you first. Ben. Oh, man. Yeah, I posited this question <laughs> out there because I wanted to hear I wanted to hear from you guys. And it, I, realistically, we're probably not trading up even within the top ten. But even if you say, you know, the Packers aren't trading up to the top five. But let's say – this is sort of spurred by Gutekind's comments earlier this week where he said if the guy is sitting there, not a guy in particular, but if one of his guys is sitting there and dropping and becomes available, you know, quote unquote unavailable, meaning we can use one of our 10 draft picks to put a package together and, and go up and get our guy, who might that be, right? So I started looking at the list of maybe guys that are available after like the 10 to 12 slot. So anywhere between about 12 to 25 where we might actually say we need to jump up, give up some of our assets and go find a guy. And I just couldn't get past the idea. Everybody knows in the 2020 draft, this is probably a historically gifted wide receiver class. If you somehow found a way, the, the, Consensus is that C.D. Lamb is going to go first as the as the lead in the wide receiver class, and he's a beast. So let's say he's gone at 9, 10, 11, somewhere in there. What if Jerry Judy didn't get picked for like another three picks? Most mock drafts have him going the pick after, but let's just say he's there. This guy is a more polished route runner than C.D. Lamb. So immediately I just mentally get the image of Devontae Adams juking guys out at the line of scrimmage. And if you go watch his highlight film, he has the ability to do this like start-stop capability where it's like he's playing basketball and he's just juking guys out of their jock straps. It's ridiculous. It's so much fun to watch him play. And just the thought of him being even a slot guy and you keep you keep, you know, 
maybe MVS shows up on the outside. Maybe it's still Lazard. Maybe EQ makes a run after sitting last year through the injury. And you have your other boundary wide receiver. And then you get Judy doing all this special stuff, just making guys miss all around the field. That would be fun to go go see you trade some assets and go all in for Aaron Rodgers last few years with a guy like Jerry Judy. So that's my pick. That, that's a that's a really good one. In fact, that probably would have been mine too. Um, you know, I, I'll I'll go another another route. I would have to go. Oh shoot! It's between two guys. I I would say if it's outside the top five. Uh, I, I would say Isaiah Simmons, you know, if we have a chance to get up into the top 10 uh, later in the top 10, Isaiah Simmons, I think would be a blast to have on our team, uh, not necessarily in the inside linebacker position, uh, more of a nickel corner safety linebacker sort of guy, um, sort of like a Charles Woodson sort of played. Um, but he, he would be a lot of fun on the team. Um, but a more realistic one uh, that I think we could actually trade up in for realistically is like around pick 23 with the Patriots um, and possibly selecting A.J. Epinenza out of Iowa. Um, huge defensive end, super talented. Um, I would love for him to be just teamed up uh, behind the Smith brothers with Gary. I think it'd be a lot of fun to see uh, him develop under those two. Yeah, I agree with everything. Simmons is a super scary player, but I think in realistic terms, I actually agree with Dan. I think I almost prefer Judy more than Lamb purely from the standpoint of I've seen him go against SEC opponents, Mm -hmm. which I'm not saying that the SEC is all encompassing, but the, the secondaries are so much faster than what the big 12 is. So, uh, yeah, real true. I don't trust an Oklahoma prospect. That nope. offense makes guys nope. look amazing. Yep. Uh, in realistic terms, he's a guy that I was in love with halfway through the season. And ever since an amazing really playoff run for him is Justin Jefferson. I think he would absolutely dominate the slot. And if you're talking about Adams and Lazard on the outside, having a guy with the hands and the speed and the overall physicality of Justin Jefferson, which I don't think is totally out of the possibility. I think he's probably only, I mean, I think he was around the Packers uh, spot for such a long time and has just kind of excelled since the end of the season that probably only have to move up about six or seven spots, but I just, I love Jefferson. I always have and have almost crossed it off my list completely unless we trade up because he's just getting so much love, but just Mm -hmm. having a stud in the slot, I would absolutely love. Can I cover Josh's point? I had Isaiah Simmons when I first put this question out to you guys. Isaiah Simmons was the guy I was thinking of. He's this mm-hmm. hybrid linebacker safety type. I wouldn't compare him to Charles Woodson. He's he's bigger than that. He's bigger. He's, he's bigger. He almost reminds me of like if you could maybe add 10 pounds and and put him in the middle, a Brian Urlacher type, a guy that played safety, weak side linebacker. And if you could just get him running sideline to sideline, he spied mobile quarterbacks all year long and shut them down. My question with him is, you, I think after watching his film, you really need a creative defensive coordinator because I don't think he has like the he doesn't have the ability to flip his hips like a true safety does. So if you just put him back at safety, he doesn't have that quick tip quick twitch like a Charles Woodson would have had. And if you put him at linebacker, he's a little small. He's fast, but he's a little smaller. And I don't, I'm not sure he holds up in the run game. So super exciting athlete. I would love to have the problem of having him on my team. But I, I'm still not sure what role he necessarily plays with our two safeties already. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of give our personal picks for the first and second round 
uh, a little mix of, of favoritism on our side plus what the Packers could actually do and just kind of stamp our name of it and let it go into the uh, the atmosphere of podcasting world. Uh, so who wants to start this? Who are the Packers taking up on the virtual stage at pick 30 in round one? I just started. You guys go ahead. Foose, let, let, let's let the host go first. Foose, who do you, who do you think right. is going to go? I think, uh, I think Josh and I are very similar on this. <laughs> I, I have fallen in love with Ayuk out of Arizona State, and I'm going to give you three of the top reasons why I love him. First, former running back. So he even talks about how when he sees the field, once he gets the ball, he goes into running back mode, which I absolutely love. Ty Montgomery's calling. Mm-hmm. Yes. Secondly, he comes from a Herm Edwards system. I don't necessarily love Arizona State, but and they didn't really have the QB talent. So if you give him Aaron Rodgers, he's already thinking about NFL setups. I think he adjusts very, very well. And third, and it's kind of new. It's only come out around the last week. People are comparing him like crazy to Greg Jennings. So if you can give mm. me Greg Jennings 2.0 with who the Packers have, I would absolutely love it. I know in my heart of hearts, I can easily see us kind of either trading up to get to the top half of the second round to pick up one of these wide receivers and maybe go for a linebacker, maybe go for a O-line help. I just love the idea of saying, can we find a number two wide receiver out of the gate? And I think with some time uh, around this receiving crew and around Rodgers, Aya could be an absolute stud. Yeah, out of Arizona State, he's only 5'11", five five but somehow has an 80-inch wingspan, which is just insane. It's just <laughs> disproportionate. <laughs> Josh, yeah. who do you got? I, I was going to go with the same guy, but I, I had a backup just in case. Uh, Patrick Queen. Uh, I, I really think he might be the best first-round linebacker. He, he has some growing to do, he's, but he's super athletic. Um, he, he's super fast at reading uh, run plays and just uh, understanding them. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he does in pass coverage because uh, he's super fast sideline to sideline, um, but did did struggle a little in zone coverage, but was re- pretty good in man. Um, but yeah, uh, Patrick Queen would my would be my pick. I would love that pick. I I watched Kenneth Murray film, and he's he's six yeah. two, and a lot of his highlights side to side sideline to sideline tackling. A lot of them are rushing the pass or making a sack, but he doesn't really play the ball naturally in pass coverage. It's almost like he just barely found it and swatted it away. And then I go to Patrick Queen film, and while he's only six feet tall, he sifts through the trash real nicely. And then one of his highlights, like within the first couple minutes of the film I was watching, drops into a zone, comes off his man reading the quarterback's eyes and picks him off. And that quarterback was Tua. So it wasn't like some trash quarterback playing in preseason it was Alabama. So he was a lot more impressive in pass coverage, which is what you need out of your middle linebacker. Yeah. And, and Murray, I mean, everybody was so hot with him at first, but now he, he overruns the ball a lot too. He, he's very fast. He, he, he's very fast at getting to the ball, but he overruns the play a lot and misses tackles because of it. Uh, Patrick Queen seems to know how to settle down a little bit better um, and is more in control of his body, it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad both of you chose not to go the quarterback route. And and if anybody that listens to the Pack It Up Packers podcast believes we should be drafting a quarterback in the first round, then you better look in the mirror and make sure you're not the same person that says we wasted Rodgers' prime 
because Rodgers is still a top 10 quarterback in the NFL and we still got a few good years left and there's absolutely no reason to be drafting a quarterback in the first round. I don't care who falls. That's a waste of a pick. Now, so my hypothetical first round pick, I'll get off my high horse on that point. My hypothetical <laughs> first round pick, and, and this is where I'm coming from on this. I thought both of you would pick wide receivers because that's the running trend in mock drafts. So I'm glad we have diversity here. But let's say CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, uh, Ruggs, Henry Ruggs, and Justin Jefferson are off the board because most likely in the top 30, those guys have gone already. And let's say we didn't trade up. I'm starting to like the idea of trading back at that point. Try to get a, a two and a four or a two and a five to move back 10 spots. There's a lot of advantages to that. But we're picking at the 30th pick. After those four wide receivers are gone, it's hard for me to differentiate the difference between uh, Ayuk, T. Higgins, Jalen Rager, Denzel Mims, LaVisca Chenault, Michael Pittman, K.J. Hamler, there's a pecking order there, and and the scout, you know, the the scouts that get paid this to do this as their full time job could could rank them, but it's hard for me to say it's worth a first round pick for one guy instead of getting one of these guys in the fourth round, and that's a very realistic possibility, including even if you go down the list further, Devin Duvernay from Texas, uh, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, hell, the second guy from Texas, Colin Johnson, mm-hmm. it's still a very draftable six six two hundred twenty pound frame that I'd love to have. So I've moved away from the wide receiver position just thinking we can still draft two very good wide receivers and we can get them in rounds two and four or two and five and be pretty happy with the talent we got there. So the options then, you look at running back. DeAndre Swift's probably the first running back off the board. I assume he's gone in the top 30. If Jonathan Taylor's still on the board, you've got Aaron Jones and Jonathan Williams on expiring oh, okay. contracts at the end of next year. Yeah, why not? How exciting would it be to have him as your third running back, not just as a Badger season ticket holder, but have him as your third running back. If he makes splash plays, you know you don't have to renew some contracts that might cost you $15 million next offseason. If he doesn't pan out, that would be another wasted first-round pick. Those are always going to be issues. But on top of the running back position, the the position that I'm going to say we should draft is one that we might all be overlooking. I, we could always add a corner. You can never have enough good corners. We're banking on our nickel corner coming out of nowhere this year. Um, Chandon Sullivan's kind of the guy we're all rooting for, but he hasn't proved enough that he can be our day, day one nickel corner. So there's a couple guys, Trevon Diggs out of uh, Alabama, uh, Stefan Diggs' little brother. How much fun would that be to have him in the division? <laughs> and then Jeff Gladney out of TCU. Both guys, they're, they're press coverage. They're man-to-man type guys. They've got issues. they got things they need to work on still with their technique. But if you take a corner, Kevin King's contract expires next year, and you can never have enough of them. I say we use that first-round pick on a corner and just try to keep that position stocked. We can get plenty of wide receivers throughout the draft. That's actually a pretty smart pick. Um, But I I think this is our year to – if there's a guy that we love in this first round, I think this is a perfect year to go get him. We have 10 picks. I mean, I think that's the second most picks in the draft. Um, And very good rounds, a lot in the fourth. Um, and those are, those are great trade baits for first round picks. Um, but I mostly there are three sixes and two sevens. So a lot of them are late. So it'd be hard to stack something together, but you got guys like Josh Jackson that you could just bundle into a trade. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? 
yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome to watch. And we're all going to get on a Zoom call or a Teams call or something and drink to this and make predictions for everyone's pick, which which position they're drafting, where our guys are going. I'd love the possibility of trading up. Like you said, we, we got the package to put together to make the move if our guy's sitting there. And the best part, Ryan, you called this out on a text message, but if you hear that, that ESPN music come in, is it ESPN televising the draft this year? I don't even know. But if you hear that music cut in and it's, you know, this pick has been traded and then you see the Packers logo pop up, you know whoever they're drafting there that they've got very high expectations for them. So then we can be all in on that guy, which is even more exciting. So, Dan, do you want to throw out your second rounder? Sure. Second round is where I go to wide receiver. So I gave you a long story for first round. Second round, best wide receiver available. If you trade it back, you'll have two second round picks, which is even more exciting. Because um, then you can go get uh, – you can still get a corner or you can get two wide receivers right away. Uh, but in the second round, all these guys with speed and a ton of athleticism and the ability to make splash plays for you in year one are still available. Uh, K.J. Hamler from Penn State, uh, Jalen Rager from TCU, Denzel Mims from Baylor, Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. Yes, I'm going to mix in some Notre Dame names here. <laughs> um, but I'll say Jalen Rager, just pure blazer, kind of what we were hoping for out of MVS before he just fell off the face of the earth. Uh, just give me a blazer, a guy you can mix in in end arounds even. Just put the ball in his hands, give you a little special teams assistance. Uh, maybe that's my second round pick. But I'd just be happy with the top, you know, best available wide receiver if, if we went with a different position in the first round. You know, Dan, when we talked about this, I, th- I think we talked about it on the last episode. And you, you said I wouldn't be surprised if they went two defensive picks in the first and second round. I. I honestly think we go. We might go to defensive picks. Who you picking? Um, I so th- okay. There's a there's a couple that I'm working through here. All right, but I either want a defensive lineman. So either David Hamilton at Ohio State, big guy, yeah. right up the middle, run stuffer. That's what we need. We need somebody to free up some, uh, take up some bodies to free up some room for the inside linebackers. Um, and then another one I love is Raquan Davis. If he drops that far. Uh, he has been his stock has been falling a little bit uh, recently. I'm not quite sure why, um, but he's projected now in the second, third round. So if he's there, I wouldn't mind hit picking him up. Um, but the one that I really, really would like if he if they don't think he'll last till the third round is Logan Wilson, an inside linebacker out of Wyoming. Right. Ooh, it's a little small school scouting here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Out of Wyoming. The only reason this guy, I think he's the best inside linebacker overall inside linebacker in the draft. The only reason he's not higher up in the draft because he played against nobody. Um, but this guy can play zone. He needs a little help in man, um, but he, he's a run stuffer. He can catch. Uh, he's an ex running back. So this guy can run with the ball after he catches it. Um, just an all-around playmaker. Um, I would love to have him on the Packers team. Wait, are you highlighting a middle linebacker that can run with the ball after catching it? Yeah, because he's going to score one touchdown. Because <laughs> how many times does that matter? <laughs> Blake Martinez could have won the game if he just would have ran it back. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I love Dan's Rager pick. Um, watching clips of him, there was a couple of times that their TCU announcer crew said there's speed and then there's Rager speed. And I thought that was absolutely wow. awesome. That and guy is fast. Just, yeah. Just the thought of being like, 
just it'd be electric. It would be electric. There were moments, uh, whether it's a, a punt return or just uh, I just would love to see speed. I don't remember yeah. the last time the Packers had just blinding speed on their team. Uh, maybe Desmond Howard back in the day. I don't even know. Yeah. But like, man, that'd be awesome. I, I honestly I think that and I would hope that we go offense, defense in some kind of order, spread it around, get two guys that we really, really feel good about. Um, there's a lot of people out there. Uh, Bryce Hall out of Virginia. If we're looking at cornerbacks, uh, Arnett, too, mm-hmm. out of Ohio State. I also really love, and this might be too high, but if we stay put around that 30th spot, Devon Hamilton out of Ohio State in terms of getting that inside presence. I know he got overshadowed by uh, Chase yeah. most of the time, but the fact that he's going to have the Smith brothers on either side and he mm-hmm. can just work inside, I actually really, really love just that big body. Uh, so I, I guess in my dream scenario, it would either be, uh, a big boy or a cornerback, uh, like Dan was talking about, just fill in this defense and just get that speed, get that aggressiveness that I think we were only one step away from having last year. Yeah. Speaking of pure speed guys, it took me so much to not fall in love with Henry Ruggs. Four two four forty yard yeah. dash. <laughs> he was getting compared to Tyreek Hill in some of the analysis, and I'm like, can you imagine a Tyreek Hill in the Packers offense? Just a, a gadget guy, you know, that doesn't doesn't necessarily play one position. Just put him in a position and open him up, right? Like call a play specifically for him. And if you can find that similar speed in a guy in the second round, then all the better because you got a first round pick plus that speed. You know, and you waited 30 picks to get that guy. But you both had Devon. You both had Devon Hamilton in the second round. I had him pegged as a possible third round. Maybe I was a little too uh, <laughs> hoping he waited for the 90th overall pick. But uh, he's an exciting guy, and he could be a solution to some of our interior D line problems for sure. I, I don't mind where we pick him, but uh, that'd be a good one. Yeah, and the the I keep looking at uh, that Blake Martinez for fourth round pickup. I really love the thought of that being a package deal to either bump up a little bit in the second or bump up a little bit of the third. I love so many players from about 75 up that I I worry that by that 90th third round, not saying that we can't find somebody because it's, it's plenty of players. But I love the idea of just get to that front of the second or front of the third. I think there's going to be some real quality, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I expect him probably be a third round guy, but I don't think he drops all the way to 90. So that's why I'd probably say either trade down and pick him up right in the beginning of the third or bounce up in the third and pick him up. Yeah. I, th- I think your point is exactly why I didn't go wide receiver in round one too, is that a, a that's the, the position of most depth in the entire draft by far. But B, there's so many playmakers to be had, even in round four and five. You look at like Memphis's running back, Antonio Gibson, just a broken tackle machine. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, he could play slot. He could play special teams. He could be a nice RB3 if nothing else. You could go get him in round four still. You could go get a guy like uh, Thaddeus Moss, the tight end from LSU, probably somewhere around the fifth round. And, and then give yourself four guys in uh, training camp, four tight ends, and just let them battle it out. So the idea of, like, we have to get a offensive playmaker in round one or the draft is a bust, I think is just the wrong way of looking at this. I wouldn't even – we didn't even talk about this. I wouldn't even mind if it's an offensive tackle. And just say, you know, even if he sits in the first year, this is our tackle for the next decade. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be mad about that either. Uh 
I mean, a late, a, a couple late round picks that I was thinking of were like Joshua Kelly out of UCLA, uh, super talented running back, very similar offense, uh, that we run currently at the Packers. Um, so a simple plug and play could, you know, easily be a backup. Um, yeah. And my, my favorite guy that I I've, I've been talking about him a long time, leaky photo. If we don't get a big guy in the first two rounds, I would love for us to pick him up later. I mean, he he's only been playing football for, I think, four years because he was previously a rugby player. Um, so really, he's only been trained in college. So once once he gets behind some people who actually know what they're doing and can teach him the game um, and better, better technique, um, I think this guy could be a force in the NFL. I thought I read some bad stuff about him, but I can't remember exactly what it was. Sort you of always got to bring down me down, bit. Finn. You always got to bring me down. Well, I can't remember what it was, so it must not have been that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, what I are did, your thoughts I was, on, on Cole Kimmett out of Notre Dame? Your man, I was going to say, are you guys going to give me like the Notre Dame hour here? Can I just talk about my boys for a second? Who's the one Notre Dame there. player you want? Who's the one Notre Dame player you want? It's, it's still Chase Claypool. You know, they had... They had two defensive ends coming into the year that were slotted in all the mock drafts as first-round draft picks, Julian Okwara and Khalid Kareem. And both these guys now are rated in, like, third to fourth-round picks. So, But the problem is they're more of, like, pass-rushing edge guys, and I don't think we really need that in the third round. We, we've got three pretty good, but we do need a fourth, Fakra left. Uh, Cole Komet is, is a stud in a weak tight end class. Uh, he's a very good one. He's probably a second-round guy. I just don't see us investing second-round capital in a tight end. But Chase Claypool, man, this guy played high school football in Canada. So he was learning all of his technique at Notre Dame. 6'4", 240. He ran a 4'4", People are starting to say he could be a tight end. I don't think so. I think he's just one of these big-bodied wide receivers. And it, I would not want him in the second round. Let's make that clear. But if you see him sitting on the board in the third or the fourth – the best part of this guy is that his his floor, his absolute minimum he's going to give you is like your favorite special teams player of all time. He was the number one wide receiver at Notre Dame, leading the team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns, and still making tackles on kickoffs and punt returns. And he was doing it with every ounce of effort that he could muster up. He's one of these guys that I think would become a fan favorite real quick and at a minimum go up and win some jump balls as your third or fourth receiver. Yeah, but do you- the only way I see us picking him is if we draft another wide receiver earlier, don't you think? Because we, yeah. need, a, oh, yeah. we need a speedster. So no, I, w- I wouldn't be happy if he's our first receiver picked at all. He's, he needs yeah. to be a, he needs to be a commodity. You, you can't bet the farm on that guy. But I just love that his floor is, you know, mm-hmm. everyone fell in love with the Jeff Janices and Kumaros because they were special team aces. Well, he'd be better than that at a minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the most excited you guys have been for a draft, just knowing the success we had last year? Oh, hands down. Hands yeah, down. that's why we can't get a quarterback. <laughs> we can't no quarterback. We, we talked about it. This podcast is anti-quarterback. I, I thought going in at a minimum, this James Morgan guy that was a Green Bay product out of high school, FIU, he's slotted for like fifth or sixth round, a guy that's okay just being a backup for a while. But, man, why waste a draft pick? We're an NFC championship with one of the all-time great quarterbacks in franchise history. He's not dead yet. He's still a great player for us. And and you showed that you were you were right there. If it weren't for the 49ers being such a dominant team, we're in the Super Bowl. 
go all in on this draft. If that means trade up, so be it. But you don't even have to trade up. You can just get guys that fit the system and and make moves. You got another three years at least of Rodgers. Yeah, anybody who wants a quarterback, especially in the top rounds, doesn't want to win a Super Bowl. I mean, like this is the year you 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 go for it all. This is the year that you can build the depth for the next three years for the run. This year we have 10 draft picks that and one of the deepest drafts that we've seen. We can get a starting wide receiver possibly in the fourth round. Um, So this is the year you make a move on talent and not a potential. Maybe this guy will be good five years from now quarterback. Um, we, there are plenty of years to do that. Plenty of years to come. Ryan. Well, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think it's absolutely the one thing I didn't even think about till right now, uh, was thinking about St. Brown coming back that would you select him as like a second rounder, third rounder? Like it's a crazy thing to do. I'm, I guess I'm more okay with thinking about O-line or, or linebacker help knowing that he also is coming back. But I think, the thing that stands out to me is just the speed of this wide receiver class, which is why I'm okay with them picking somebody early because it's just, that's something the Packers don't have, but yeah, I think it was just one quick note. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah in an interview this week said, if you take the uh, green Bay wide receiver room and compare it against every other wide receiver room in the NFL, they're probably bottom five. And it's insane to think about because Devonte Adams is so top tier, top notch, you know, one of the top five, uh, but the rest of the room is just not there. So if they don't draft two wide receivers, I don't care which rounds. You know, I guess a seventh round wide receiver doesn't really register on the on the give a shit scale. <laughs> Pardon my French. <laughs> but but if they don't draft two receivers, let's say in the top five rounds, then I'd probably mark the draft as a failure. But the wide receiver class is so stacked, they don't need to be a first round pick for this to be a success. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So we're all excited. I think we're all going to call each other multiple times. Phones are going to blow up. we got to make sure it's charged heading into that night. But until then, thanks, everybody. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.